In a world where God is dying, four heathens come to deliver the final nails in the coffin. From the depths of hell, Satan sends four puppets of the imperialist West and the Zionist Jews against God, Islam, and tiny kittens to bring you their propaganda and conspire for a new world order. This is Secular Jihadists from the Middle East. Good evening, everyone. Uh, this is Faisal Mutar, the host of Secular Jihadists of the Middle East. Assalamu alaikum, Ikhwan al-Muslimin, fi bilad al-Gharb wa al-Sharq, wa Ikhwan fi l-Umma al-Arabiyya wa al-Islamiyya jami'an. Today, we have... Go back to your country, Ali. Um, to, so, we have the usual hosts. Uh, we have Yasmin Muhammad, the author of Confessions of an Ex-Muslim. Hello, Yasmin. Hello, Faisal and everybody. Hi. Uh, and uh, Ali Rizvi, the author of Atheist Muslim uh, from Reason to Religion. And he is yeah. the second host. And, and he, he has the... Uh, when, when is your... You're giving a talk in Toronto, right? You're giving a talk in Toronto in... September? I've got, yeah, I've got a bunch of stuff coming up. Okay, Toronto, guys, so, so follow Ali. The important thing is in November, I have a, a debate coming up in Toronto on Resolution M103, the, uh, the Islamophobia one. So that's, I'm looking forward to that. And I also have a talk uh, in September. I'll, I'll bring up details later. Okay, great. I have a talk happening in a couple of weeks in Cleveland, Ohio. So if any of our listeners are there, then go to my Twitter page for more information. Oh, I'm also speaking in Ohio uh, September 29th. So I Cleveland think, yeah. rocks. Cleveland. I'll be yeah. there in August, though. Yeah, so anyway. follow Yasmin. She's speaking in August, so that's this month. Um, that will be great. She's a great speaker, amazing story, amazing person. I love her so much. Um, I love you, too. Habibi. And Armin Nevabi. Uh, Hello. Uh, the troublemaker. So Armin is the founder of Atheist Republic, one of the biggest pages in the world. Uh, in the past few days, Armin has been very busy responding to uh, a photo that was taken in a, one of his group meetups in Malaysia, a country that I used to, I went to college in Malaysia, and I lived there for three years, and I know lots of it. So can you tell us a bit about this, Armin, before we start talking about our guest? Well, we're doing a live stream about that, um, and we, that would be another episode. But yeah, it's just um, just the Malaysian government, the supposedly moderate Islamic country, is now hunting down atheists after our atheist republic group in Malaysia posted a public photo of themselves just hanging out, and apparently, Allah, being the great God he is, and being the the creator of the universe is threatened by a few uh, atheists hanging out and the whole religion of Islam is under threat because these people are just meeting up and the government of Malaysia has to defend the all-powerful Allah from, from a bunch of atheists just, just meeting up and just trying to have a good time. And and these atheists were members of your group, right? Like they are... Yeah, yeah. These are, this is the Atheist Republic chapter in Kuala, uh, uh, consulate in Kuala Lumpur. Which leads us to our guest, who also happens to start an atheist group in a Muslim-dominated country, which is Jordan. Um, and Muhammad, who recently spoke at the London 
Secular Conference by Maryam Namazi uh, is here with us today or tonight or this morning, depending on which time zone you're in. Hello, Muhammad. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. It's How was? Did you pray well? Did you pray Fajr so far? Or? Yeah, it's actually happening right now. Okay, okay. So we're sorry for I interrupting that. Pray outside. We're, we're sorry for interrupting that. Uh, so tell us more about yourself, Muhammad. What is, what's up with you? Well, uh, like in, in 2013, I started the, a small community group for atheists. We had some Facebook groups, but they never met actually face to face. So what I did is set a, a date, like a few months beforehand, that at the 21st of uh, March, we're going to meet. And it was so far away, but I kept reminding people each week. And we got to a point where 28 atheists came in and nobody knew anybody. We just knew each other's Facebook names and most of them had fake names. So it was like a girl can come in and says, hi, I'm, I'm like, uh, let's say a fake name like Khadija. And nobody knows who's Khadija. Then she says like, hi, I'm Nunu. And then, oh, you are. <laughs> Ah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so everybody got to meet everybody. And we started to work like on helping each other when somebody's in danger or something. And then we contacted you. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask you to take it a step back and tell us your journey. So you grew up in a Salafi Muslim household, correct? No, no. I was becoming oh. a Salafi myself, but my family is actually a moderate family. Mm -hmm. So okay. Salafi, again, is an ultra-conservative, like the Saudi-style yeah. uh, Muslim, right? Can, can, I tell us that... more? Can, can I tell us more what a Salafi means in Jordan in particular? What is it? Like, I... A Salafi in Jordan is, is more about politics because it, it, yeah, it is an extreme sect of Islam or of the Sunni faith, but the most of it here in Jordan is like a political movement to, to control the country and, and the kingdom and to start a caliphate in Jordan as well. So, yeah, this is what, what the hidden agenda is, and, and basically everybody knows that. But still, the government doesn't go oppress them or something. They just give them some rights from time to time. Uh, I, I told you that I came from a modern family, but when I started uh, going to college for my degree, uh, I started going to the library and uh, I wanted to check on the sects and to check the, all the sect books and about Sunnis and Shiites and everything. And I was, okay, the, 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 the Salafi path or the more extreme path, is this is the right thing to do. So I was reading more and more about it and believing in it. Uh, so that's that's why I was believing more and more about the caliphate and more and more about about uh, going into either jihad or preaching and, and convert converting Christians and Jews back to get them into Islam. I have a question. I have a question. You just said reading more and more about it. What do you mean? What type of books were you reading? Like, is are there any material that Salafists? in Jordan use or in, in Middle East in particular? Do you know Ibn Taymiyyah? Ibn Taymiyyah? Mm, yeah. That's my mom's favorite. So I have two questions for you. First of all, did you have other Salafi friends or other people that were sort of becoming radicalized with you? 
in an MSA or some sort of thing like that at your university. So um, we have a Muslim Students Association, I guess. In Jordan, it would just be called a Students Association. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, it's like, what do they call French is... kissing in French in France? <laughs> kissing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, or and my second question is. How did your family react to this? Did they start to get nervous or were they proud of you or? Yeah. So those are my questions. Okay. Uh, the first one, well, I had a friend and uh, he was studying with me. So he completely disappeared. We didn't know where he is. It was in the beginning of the Syrian conflict, like a few years into the Syrian conflict. Anyway, he disappeared and then he came back a year later and he was handicapped. It turns out that he got into Syria and joined the, the Islamic movement there before even ISIS came in. And he got shot in the leg, so he couldn't be walking anymore. Another friend went to Fallujah after ISIS took over in, the, in Mosul. Fallujah, that's, that's, that's my country. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, so, so you just cr they, crossed the, they crossed the border from Jordan to join uh, IQI, right? The Tanzim al-Qaeda fi al Rafidin. And that's a Zarqawi is from Jordan too, right? Zarqawi, Mus'ab Zarqawi. Yeah, Zarqawi from Jordan, from, from, from Azarqa, it's another city near the capital. Anyway, so he actually committed a suicide bombing in, in uh, Fallujah. And we, d we didn't know about both of them because both of them weren't that extreme in college. And uh, these are the only two that I know. I know an ex-Salafi as well, but he, he's an atheist now. And he lives in a, in a street that is full of Salafis in the capital. So they sat him down as his family and wanted to, to discuss like his atheism and to be open-minded oh, about they it. they know. So he sat down with them and he said, okay, we'll talk. So one of them asked him, he asked him, I'm not going to be talking about atheism and I'm not going to be talking about the existence of God. I just want you to prove me that there's something wrong with ISIS, and then we'll start talking. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and he was blown away. <laughs> so, so they, they talked normally, but they attacked him later on. They had machetes. Oh, like literally attacked him. I thought you meant like verbally attacked him. Jesus. <sighs> and did he say, is he okay? No, did he get away? Okay. Like he's okay I mean, you you said that the the guy who did blow himself up was in that extreme. Wasn't that extreme? He didn't he didn't have the beard, didn't have the looks. He wasn't that into Islam. He but, but he blew himself up. Can you explain that? What do you, what do you? He actually had a girlfriend in college, and everything was normal. Like, it's like the nine eleven hijackers. That's it, what they it were takes like. like this, and it takes a few months into into going and talking to these people that you either. This way or that way, and he apparently got into the wrong way. What did you find convincing for when you were from for you know for that ideology? Like, what was the what attracted yeah. you to it? Uh, actually, I'm I'm just gonna answer Yasmin's question. Uh, the, uh, her, Thank you. Uh, my family was actually proud because I was praying every day at the mosque, and uh, I, I had the beer and I was shaving my mustache. So they were like, okay, he's in the good way. He's a good Muslim now. Uh, and about the, what was your question again? I'm sorry. What what attracted you to become more Muslim? Uh, it, it's, uh, if you know, al-bid'ah. 
which is like uh, uh, creating something new in the faith and it, it was all bidah for me like it was all uh, new new things that are brought into the faith and it was so wrong for me so the Salah so the, the, the radical path refuses that but for the audience, can you say beda is like innovation, like yeah. all these uh, something the prophet didn't do? A reform. He wanted of to go Islam. back to the original. A reform of Islam, and and is it, to to the radicals, a reform of Islam is more dangerous than than having another religion because you're you're trying to attack the main faith by changing it and making it like maybe look more peaceful, but still you're changing the, the basic of the faith. So they, they, you're considered more of an enemy. So I, I believe that no, we shouldn't reinterpretate the 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 Quran or the Hadith and try to make it more modern. No, this is the way, and this is the only way. And this book is uh, is supposed to be working at any time, at any age, in any culture or country. So we can't change that. How many can I ask you something? Because I lived in Egypt for a few years, and what you're talking about now was the dominant narrative. So even if people weren't practicing uh, their faith, they still believed everything that you just said. So is that the way it is in Jordan too? Because I know Jordan, you guys have Queen Rania, and things are a little bit maybe more progressive or modern than Egypt. I don't know. Or is that the dominant narrative there? We, we have a saying in Jordan that if there is to be two countries, one is following Sharia law and one is secular, everybody will vote for the Sharia law, but everybody will be living in the secular country. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so true. It's really true. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Everybody yeah. wanted secular, but when it comes to emotions, everybody will vote for Sharia. That's why they come to the West and they say, we want Sharia. But then why did you come to the West? <laughs> you were in Sharia. No, but th this is actually one of the things that, you know, whenever they, and I, 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 you know, we've, we've all talked about this. We've written about them is those, you know, all those pupils, when you ask these people, do you want Sharia or, or not? Like, and I, I used to tell this story that when I had my extended relatives and I asked them, I said, you know, do, uh, should apostates be killed? They're like, oh, of course, yes, they should be killed. And I'm like, well, what about me? I'm like, no, no, no. You're the, you're nice. We know you. You're different. You're not the same. You know, they, they, they want uh, four wives for every man there because it's his right in Islam. But they don't want their husbands to marry another wife. You know, they, there's a, um, it's, it, it is, it is really strange the way that people, the way that they react to questions like this emotionally, and how they are actually willing to live. So if your parents were proud of you when you were becoming more religious, so do they know that you're an atheist now? No, they don't. They just know that I I just uh, didn't continue to be, you know, that I'm not praying anymore. But they actually believe that I'm fasting in Ramadan and everything because my father actually passed away and my mother's like 70. So I can't, you know, you know how it breaks the heart of, of an older woman if, if you tell her. So I, I decided, like, okay, I'm not going to... Is she, is she disappointed in you that you don't yeah, have the... Yeah, she, she will the... be, so I decided, like, okay. No, no, I mean, like, now, is she disappointed that you don't have the beard and the... No, it's not about the beard. A bit about praying, you know. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, can I ask a question, building on Armin's uh, previous question? 
is that we've actually seen this uh, that that there there is a pattern that a, a lot of the people who do get recruited by groups like ISIS tend to have been not very religious. They tend to have been very moderate, and then they're they they become really really religious just a short while before, uh, and that's what leads to their recruitment. Um, and it's usually not people who've been like super super religious all their lives. So, d do you have any ideas to just based on your personal experience as well, uh, what there is, what what the appeal is that is so immediate? Do you do you remember the first time that you became an atheist? How much posting you did, and how much talking and debating you did. This is how you feel when you become radicalized. You feel like, okay, this new rush into you, that you discovered something so beautiful, you're going to spread it and you're going to try to do everything in your power to, to be in it. This is the same thing that you'll feel if you get radicalized. You'll feel like, I, okay, I need to do something really quick. And you have this rush in you that you can do anything. You can commit suicide bombing or anything. The more you get into it, the more time you spend on it to say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to do, do it myself. I'm recruiting other people because I have the experience now. So the same rush that you get when you when you first discover that there is no God is the same rush that you'll get when you believe in... When you discover that as well. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so, Armin. So I, have, I have a question. So, so he, I want to uh, play devil's advocate here a little bit. So when you, um, you said like Salafi Islam is like political in Jordan. So what if somebody says, well, that shows you that Islam on an average is not political. And th this is just a Salafi branch of Islam that is political, but not no. not Islam itself. S Salafism is, is actually the pure Islam. So Islam by definition is political, but the people are just ignoring that. The everybody, I believe in something. Everybody has his own God. Everybody is ha, has his own version of Islam. He just picks this and that and removes this and that. Like you said before, a woman wants everybody, every man to have four wives, but they don't want them for, for themselves. So they have this, this version for Islam for everybody, but still a version for Islam for me. So yeah, they won't get political but that doesn't mean that the religion or the, the the faith itself isn't political it is because it only it, it, the only thing that it's looking for is having one great nation with all the Muslims in it and Salaf uh, by the way Salaf the word actually means forefathers or ancestors or, or the, like the it's it's based on the first few generations after Muhammad. As -salaf, so Salafi is supposed to be that. As Salaf al Salih means the companions, as Sahaba and uh, of the prophets. The original, yeah, the original forefathers. Yeah, so so um, I agree with you, Muhammad and Ali, that it is the actual, the original, like closer closest to the original Islam. But I have a question about this radicalization myth because we always hear about like, okay, so these guys are just living moderate lives, they have a girlfriend, whatever, and then all of a sudden they blow themselves up. So what happened? How did they become radicalized? How did it happen in such a short amount of time? So I think that what people are missing out on there is that when you're, when you're born and raised in an Islamic environment, critical thinking is not 
encouraged. In fact, it's discouraged and it's punished. So you start from the, the child from very young to rear them towards becoming a, a, a suicide bomber at the end of it. It's not like a surprise. What just happened? It just happened in a couple months. Well, no, you have somebody that you're you're teaching them like um, Armin's always going on about if you teach somebody bullshit, it can lead to something like lead to something dangerous, yeah. even if it's harmless bullshit initially. Yeah. So these kids have no critical thinking skills. They're taught to just listen, take orders, don't question, just do as you're told. And they're constantly being told, we want to live the way the the prophet lived. We want to have a, a caliphate. We're going to be, you know, we're going to rule the earth. We're going to get rid of all these infidels and all, and get rid of, kill all the Jews. And this is the constant narrative that they're hearing all the time. So even though we only see the, a span of a few months where they go from, you know, living a moderate life to becoming radicalized, there's a whole bunch of steps that are taken way before any of right. that happens. And you just have to tap that. You just have to take it from the wagon. You have just tap have to that. Exactly. You draw, just tap that. draw all of that out. No, not that kind of tap that. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. But you're right. I totally agree. Haram. Can you tell us more about the education system? In I mean, you brought up the education, Yasmin. I want to know, like, tell us more about the education system in Jordan. Like, what is, do they teach Islam? What the type of Islam do they teach? Uh, does it, like, if someone is graduating from high school in Jordan, uh, what they're going to, like, what they're being taught? Do they teach evolution? Do they teach critical thinking? What do they teach? Yeah, they teach evolution, but we have it in a small paragraph. <laughs> at ninth grade and that's the same thing in Iraq yeah there's there's a few lines about the Quran and how the evolution has been disproved already uh, in, in other classes there are uh, stories about jihad and how to perform jihad and when it is uh, authorized and when it is not the type of jihads and uh, the stories in the past about it uh, there's also uh, there's a reform movement uh, in the country to change a bit of the Islamic way in the teachings, especially for the first and second grade students. They have uh, there's pictures of women like wearing hijab inside the house and cooking, and then the father walks in and he's like just sitting there. So they tr they tried to change it into having the woman inside her house, just inside her house, to remove the hijab, and to to have like mutual relations with the man. And everybody was at the Ministry of Education burning the books because this was like an attack on Islam. Because why did you remove the hijab on the head of the woman inside her house? Everybody was protesting, and they brought in their own kids to burn the new books. So the movement is still on. The, the ministry is trying to reform the books, but still the people are trying to fight it back. And even the, the teachers refused to, to teach the new books just because some pictures got removed and some pictures got in. And some surahs or, or parts of the Quran were removed from the book. So everybody's refusing to teach it. And, uh, but, but still, the Islamic teaching in the country is not like Saudi Arabia. There's only one class about religion each day. 
uh, in Saudi Arabia, there are different classes, the Tawheed and the Laqida and the many others. But one a class a day, one class a day is still bad enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not modern. You highlighted right? something important. So there are acts of Islamic reform done by the Jordanian governments. Yeah, they, then it's not about wow. Islamic reform. They're trying it's about power. They're trying to take away like the parts that they believe is is helping children to get more and more easy to ra- radicalize, but they're facing a huge opposition from the teachers and from the community itself. Yeah, they do that in Egypt as well. How did you become an atheist yourself? Okay, I, I was, uh, as I told you, I was reading more and more about the sex. So I, I said, okay, if, I, if I'm going to be like a preacher, not a terrorist, I need to know more about Christianity and more about other religions and other sects. And the, the first sect that I got into, the Shiites, and when I read the Islamic history, I began to think, okay, the Shiites have some really good parts and some really Uh-oh. good, some really good arguments when it comes Damn to right. Ali and Hussein. <laughs> so I said, okay, let's go into Christianity, and it was full of bullshit. So, yeah, Hussein. So I said, okay, I will, I will take myself away. And let's start with the with the proving God exists because I, I will be meeting atheists and I will be meeting a lot of people. So we will first prove God and then we'll go into religions. And I couldn't prove God. I just couldn't because I got into Richard Dawkins' videos and I was okay. This guy has some really good points. So I had my own theory. I said okay, there is no God, but I will have a theory for myself. If I go back to Islam now and study it now without it giving it without giving it any holiness there must be something wrong with it if there's not then my first assumption that there is no god that has to be something wrong with that so i got back without giving it any holiness without get, caring about the prophet or anything and i just opened the book and was like oh my god where was that yeah yeah <laughs> A lot of shit in there. Yeah, so the easiest way to become a Catholic is actually the same religion that, that makes you radical. You just look into it without giving it any holiness. That's how mm-hmm. I became a, an atheist. Yeah. Banya Ahmed uh, Avjit Roy is a Bangladeshi blogger His who was hacked to death with his wife next to him. And she also lost like bits of her fingers and her head had like three inch gashes in it. But I heard her at a conference where she said the Quran made me an atheist. Yeah. <laughs> Just reading it and learning it. Mm-hmm. So, so when you were when you were um, radicalized, um, if some so you were you exposed yourself to some atheist like Richard Dawkins videos, and you started thinking about that. But if instead of atheist arguments, if somebody came with you with the reform arguments, right, and say like, well, this in the Quran means something else, this in the Quran doesn't mean that you should kill disbelievers, this verse doesn't mean that you should hit your wife, uh, compared to the atheist argument, would the reform arguments have any chance in changing your mind? No, of course not, because when I was a Muslim uh, myself, I, I, I already told you that I, I believe that there is no reform, there shouldn't be any reform. So I objected that even when I was a Muslim myself. So if I'm an atheist now, I objected even more because I know the harm that this thing does. 
and I don't believe that somebody who's or, or a supernatural being who sent a book it, for the whole world to see. And for the look whole at Armin's world to... smile. I just want to say, like, <laughs> look at his grin across his face. <laughs> Sorry, continue, Muhammad. <laughs> Confirmation bias. If a supernatural <laughs> being sent a book for the whole planet to, to, to live by and to, and orders, orders them to follow it, even if they don't know the language, so it's supposed to be very simple, very clear. It's not a mysterious book. It's, it's not full of clues and mysteries and, and hidden agendas. No, it's supposed to be clear. It says, beat your women. It says, beat your women. There is no, uh, we can't dance around meanings just because we're in 2017. But how do you explain? So Armin, so in this, in this, in this podcast, we have a very different views on this subject, but how do you explain, for example, the Anglican Church or uh, the Methodist Church or the Presbyterian Church or the um, uh, Presbyterian or, let's say, the Reformed synagogues? Um, how do you explain that? I mean, if, if, if religion is this solid thing that is unchangeable, how do you explain all the existence of all these churches for example, like the Catholic Church in the 21st century believes that evolution and religion can coexist. Do you, do you think that something like that can happen to Islam as well? Or do you think that Islam is a very distinct religion? So like technically Islam is the only evil barbaric religion and the rest are more open and more free. Or do you believe that all religions well, it's, it's are open to... Yeah form of reform or enlightenment, just like what happened in the Christianity and Judaism. To, to be clear, Islam itself, they're, they're not on the same level with other religions because other religions already had their reform. Islam is very hard. But can Islam be? Can Islam be? Or is Islam unchangeable? So, Faisal, you, you, you talked about lots of different sects of Christianity, and you're correct in that. Let's talk about what happens to the different sects of Muslims, shall we? What happens to the Sufis? What happens to the Ahmadis? What happens to your people? What happens to the Shia? They're we know what people, happens to not, Muslims. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> your ex-people. They're still your family members. They're still your community, right? So we know what happens to people who try to reform Islam. It's not like it's a mystery. Can it happen or can it not happen? We already know what happens when people but, try to uh, do one, it. One thing, Yaz, on, the, on that point is that what we're doing is we're, we're sort of looking, we're comparing different time frames. Because everything that you're saying happens to these sects in Islam right now has happened to all of the sects in Christianity that Fessel is talking about. It just happened a very, very long time ago. This is happening a lot more. In fact, it happened to those sects a lot more then because the Christian theocracy was part of their their governments. Now, um, with Islam, like even though we see it all the time, right? Uh, there is still a little bit more accountability for it. So I, th I think I, that I do agree with you. But the first step before we can get to that step is separating mosque and state. Yes. Yeah, can secularism. we hear to Mohammed's answer and just as well? I want to see. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it, it is possible to reform it. And, and as he said, that there's a time gap. There's 600 years between Christianity and Islam. If we, if we just consider like 600 years from now, there's a huge possibility <laughs> that there will be yeah. more and more reform into Islam, but the main faith will always stay in and they will always have the majority because in other religions, 
it doesn't specifically say that this is unchangeable and this is the only way that's going to be. So if you just go into the book, you'll just be you'll you stick with it. You can stick with it without the reform, without the whole thing, and. It is possible. Adnan Ibrahim, if you know him, he, he's he's yeah, trying, yeah. yeah, he's trying a lot to do that. And about uh, the Catholic Church and, uh, and evolution, this is actually any religion would do that. You just put science with a new idea or with a new theory, and the first thing they do is to refuse it and to say, "Okay, you're a Catholic if you believe that." The second thing they do is to try not to get that into into the community which are they uh, they're doing that in islamic countries about evolution the third thing that they do and adnan brahim is starting to do that is to say okay evolution is is right but it's in the quran let's try to to reinterpret some phrases and say the quran said that it's something about evolution like a thousand four hundred years ago which we can use to get more and more muslims in mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's the thing. I think when they realize that okay, more people are reading this, more people believing this, we have to somehow incorporate it to keep our youth with with us. It's it's kind of what happened with like you know with Galileo and the Catholic Church it was the same thing. If eventually when it became very very clear that yes, okay, what Galileo is right, you know, they had to find a way to uh, incorporate that. But one other thing I wanted to add, just in terms of time frame, when we talk about the six hundred years and everything, uh, there there was there are. There's also technological advancements that happen during these times that are different for each time. For instance, with Christianity, it was a printing press. Before the printing press, there were reform efforts going on, but they weren't really cohesive. Um, nobody was really there wasn't a lot of collaboration. Uh, but after that, when the printing press came out, the whole thing, you know, the Enlightenment, everything became accelerated. Um, right now, what we have is the internet. And we talk about, you know, sometimes even in a few decades, when you you know you had Salman Rushdie going into hiding for a decade and. You know, now we have, you know, this podcast, we have lots of ex-Muslims meeting up, we have open and out ex-Muslims speaking from Jordan. Of course, it's a very tiny thing. And for the vast majority of people, I mean, I don't want to downplay it. Most people are really, really like the Malaysian atheists that uh, Armin has been dealing with from the atheist public chapter. They're under very, very real threat of death. But um, I and I think we should never downplay that. But we shouldn't also downplay the fact that there is some progress being made because if we do, then that negates everything we're trying to do over here, right? In a way. So just to be just to be just to be clear, what hap- what's happening with other religions is not that pe- that religion reflected on itself and decided to reform. It's other people. The people pushed. The people the, did it. No, 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 no. This my point is something else. My point is other people pushed for the truth. And then the religions, in order to stay relevant, they kept on agreeing to the truth. It wasn't that people came to religion and forced it to be modern. It was because the religion, in order to survive, had to had to sing a different exactly. tune. Yeah. Because other because other people were fighting for the truth. Right. Right. You know, not because not because religion all of a sudden became more moderate. Yeah. They just they're just trying to they're just trying to survive and it, guess what? We should deny them that opportunity to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we should show that we should expose them for the tr- for for what they actually represent which is not the truth. Yep. I just want to make a small point teeny point that I just want to make and I just want to say that it's, because Islam doesn't have a pope I don't think that also makes things a little bit different because the average person doesn't really know that much about their religion they haven't read their, about their religion they're not they don't feel like they're scholars and they can make decisions on their own so if a if 
reformers come along, different people come along and they give them ideas, put them ideas in their head. An individual person can start to think, huh, that makes a lot of sense. Maybe I'll do that. But then they'll be too scared because they'll be afraid to burn in hell because what that reformer is saying to them contradicts with what the Quran says or what the Hadith says. But having a Pope, like in the Catholic Church, come along and say, okay, you guys, rules have changed. Now we're actually okay with, you know, atheism, or not atheism. Actually, he was okay with atheists, wasn't he, this latest Pope? Well, I wouldn't say okay with it. but Not okay, but he's like, yeah. yeah. But, but you know what I mean? Like, he can change the rules up, and it makes the average Catholic person feel like, well, if the Pope says it's okay, then I guess my soul is is safe. But they're not. There is nobody in the Islamic religion that can do that for for the average. Uh, so I have a question think, for Muhammad. Um, Muhammad. I mean, uh, that I think would be. I mean, I mean, Ali raised the point of the printing press and and the role of the printing press in creating enlightenment and, and open mindedness in the Christian world. My question for Muhammad. Accelerating. My question process. for Muhammad as as a president of an atheist group and a president of thinking group. What do you think? you guys need or need to do to create more people like yourself in Jordan? Or, I mean, I think Jordan is also a country in the Arab world, so maybe what can be applied in Jordan can be applied somewhere else. Like, what do you think you guys need and for, for to create another enlightenment in the Arab world? Yeah. And also, what can we do over here to help? Okay. Well, first of all, if we can get an official like an official organization in the country itself, even if it's just a secular organization, it will, it will. We can have the publicity. We can have. We can have meetings. We can have public speaking. Without bringing on atheism, it can get people closer and closer to wake up by their own. If you just give people the the choice to think. You'll give them uh, an opportunity to to, be, to to reach out and to find the truth. This is the main difficulty we had. We tried to open just a, a, a normal political club about like a civil state, but we couldn't get that. And now, after a few years, uh, there's a, a secular movement in the parliament. We actually have a secret, I can't say his name, a secret atheist in the parliament itself. So uh, we got, we, we're getting more and more into this, but and we're trying to, to, to use that and to have a, a political party that is only seculars. Uh, but, but what we need, as you said, the printing press, what we need is figureheads who can go on public debates with the Islamists themselves and to show their faces in public and say, because, like, I can talk here all the time, but it takes one post on Facebook to Muslims. Like, if we keep secretly, uh, this is what I tell the group, if we keep secretly meeting and secretly talking about science and, and Islam and all these things, we're not, we're okay, we're educating ourselves, but we're not doing anything here. We're just sitting in a closed room and saying the Prophet said this and that. But if we go out, if if I have the numbers that who can go out and speak in public, yes, it will make a change. But if we keep, but would it would your life be at risk? Would you be able to do that? It in will. Jordan? It will. 
well, this is this is my main issue, is what is the path to take? Should, if we risk it all, and we say, okay, we're going to do this in public, there's this huge threat, and and the whole movement might go or go down. But what I told the, the guys in London was, if we agree on a, on a certain date that we will all go out in all countries, it will be a major cause because the West doesn't think that we are very important. But if the Western countries could see that, okay, on this day, every single Islamic country has imprisoned uh, like 20 or 10 or 100 atheists in the same day, because this is the coming out day for all of us, we can be, uh, as I read uh, in an article a few days ago, we can be the new gays. And it won't take 10 years, and it won't take 100 years. We're just a... I love that idea. So like a kind of like yeah, national we, come we, out day. Like a national come out day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but, but international come out day. Yes. Yeah. But what if? But what? What do you say to people that's too risky and uh, atheist? Atheist doesn't need but, martyrs but strength, and life strength is, and numbers. Strength and numbers, right? I know. I know. I'm paying devil's advocate. Like what? You know, because a lot of people say, like, why would you risk your life for? You know, that that's what religious people do. We don't need to sacrifice our life for. Something I, I I'm, 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 I, first of all, I'm not a philosopher. I'm not a scientist, but but I, I'll just try to put myself with these guys. If Democritus and Lucretius and, and uh, Galileo and every single scientist who got into trouble decided to just keep quiet and not go in public, we wouldn't we wouldn't be talking to each other. We won't be using cams and we won't be reaching this technology that we have. We won't have any idea about atheism. So if these people decided that, okay, I'm going to keep it to myself or to my group. We won't reach anything. We are just a small step. We are, it won't happen in our own lifetime. We will all die and religion will stay. That's sad. But we are a small step on the way to get to a world where there is no supernatural beings, where there is no... You got me emotional, you dickheads. <laughs> this is wonderful. I love it. This is awesome. And it, it, we are the first step, right? Like this. If if you devote yourself, to, if you're going to devote yourself to an idea, this is the main idea you should be doing it because this is the most important conversation you can ever have. Because this, we're ta we're not talking about what what are we going to eat or what are we going to do in our lifetime. We're talking about somebody's claiming about another life. And this is the most important thing to do for any human because you're talking about an internal life in hell or in heaven. This is supposed this is supposedly to be the most important thing to search for. And yet most of humans don't. They just pick the information from their parents and live on. So with it. after hearing this, if you if you're living in a safe country and if you're hearing Muhammad saying this and he's living in a place that he's taking risks and for his own life and doing this and you live in a safe place and you think it's racist or bigoted or Islamophobic to say anything, shame on you for not speaking out when you, yeah. not speaking out when you have the freedom and you have the safety to say something and you don't say anything. But shame somebody on you. might call them bad words. Somebody might say mean things to them. <laughs> The, 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 these people that don't have a voice, they need you, and some of them are risking their lives, and you are not saying anything because you don't want people to think that you're bigoted. So shame on you for not taking that level of risk when other people are taking this much risk for, for, I, for, for, I, for yeah. 
I always have a, I have a saying that, that if if a person believes that we should respect faith and we should like give them more rights and uh, and, and give them more space to do what they do, it, it's basically we're just saying okay, I surrender. I surrender, and I will. I will give away my free speech. I will give away my freedom. I will give away my rights, just for the sake of being too nice and too kind. And I just want to say that you go. I just look at the cat. You go, and you surrender on your own name. We're not surrendering. You go and surrender. I'm gonna fight this, and I'm gonna stay and fight this here in Jordan or in any other country. And these guys will. And if you believe that this is the right thing to do, you go do it by your own. But we're going to stay here and we're staying forever. Yeah. I. You know what? I had yeah, uh, a little while ago. I mean, uh, you know, um, you know, you're, you guys are familiar with Rife, by the way, um, the jailed blogger in Saudi Arabia. So, you know, his his uh, wife and his kids are here in Canada and uh, they were they were here in Toronto a little while ago. They were visiting us. And I. I talk to them and I hear people and I, I, I meet his kids when I meet and stuff. And then I hear people in Canada, you know, when they see his kids, they're like, oh, they're so sad. They're, you know, their father's in prison. He hasn't seen them in six years. You know, why even do this? Why not just forget about it and just spend time with your kids? And I obviously I'm sympathetic to that. And I know I know for a fact that there's nothing that he would like better than to do that. But I always tell them, I'm like, you're in Canada. If it wasn't for people like Rife, you wouldn't be enjoying what you're enjoying here in Canada. There were people like Rife in the past. There were people like Muhammad in the past. Not that Muhammad. We're talking about the Muhammad, our guests on the podcast. <laughs> and, and, and and it's it's because of people like this and the way that they think and their determination that we're sitting here and enjoying the freedom to talk openly and to think openly and to sit here and say, well, you know, why doesn't he just forget about this? And, and to yeah, be able why don't we just tell black people, you know, during the civil rights movement, like, just chill, man, just don't worry about it. it They're going to spray absolutely... you with water. They're going to treat you badly. Just let it go. Yeah. Th this is the reason that, that, you know, we, we are able to live and speak and express ourselves the way that we want to. It's because of people like that. Um, and it's when you do meet his kids and when you do meet his family and you see what they're going through, that you know it, it you feel for them but that's when you realize how significant the sacrifice is how huge it is um it, it's really I, I mean i know we talk about it theoretically and he's away from his kids but you know when you spend a day with those kids and that's you know now you're getting me emotional but th th that's when you realize um what people who do this ha are, are going through right now and what people like this have gone through in the past just to make sure that the world that we live in right now is the way that it is. There's an, a Chinese proverb about planting a, a tree that you'll never be able to sit in its shade and you'll never be able to eat from its fruit, but it's the, the most selfless thing a human can do. And I think that's, that's what people like Raif are doing right now. Yeah. And, yeah, and I mean, uh, Muhammad, I, I gotta very, say this. I, I said this uh, to you before, off the air. Uh, sorry, Fessel, Just one last thing. I said this, you know, before we started, but I, I didn't get to say it on the air, or maybe I did. I I can't remember now. But um, I think that you know your speech. If anybody hasn't seen, that was his first speech at the conference. 
the, at the Secular Conference in London with Mariam Namazi. And the, the way that you speak about things, your, your perspective is so pure and it's so from honest. the heart. It's so honest and it's very inspirational. When you, when someone, when, when we hear you speak, it's, it's actually, it helps us get riled up. It takes me back to the time when I started out. And you know, like you're saying, you know, that, that, that rush that you had that, yeah, you know, we can do something, we can change it. And, you know, just hearing you speak, it's, it's very rare that you, you come across people like that. And I, I think that you're an extremely inspirational and extremely sort of unique voice that has a big picture in mind. And that's why I was telling you, just stay the fuck away from Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I, but I where really... Where can people find you on Twitter? Let them know. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I really, I, I want um, to do whatever we can to to elevate your voice and, and get your voice out there because it's just, it's just extremely articulate and um, everything you say is just so logical and so reasonable and so well thought out. And uh, you know, I, I think it's amazing. Thank you. So th thank, you thank you very much for that. Thank you. You too. Uh, I, I just want to say something for for those who are scared. Uh, if if every single human decided that I'm going to stay with my family and I have to stay with my kids during during Hitler's final solution or Nazism or this fascism. What kind of world would we be living in right now if everybody decided that, okay, I'm going to stick to my house and I'm going to stick to my own business and I'm going to let this go. Somebody else will fight my own mm -hmm. problems. If everybody just gave it to somebody else, we won't have anybody fight. Yeah, but it, it is a few crazy people who change things, you know? It's like all us uh, crazy people. So, you know, I have, I got to say, though, it's very heartening to hear this because I feel like Salafis make the best atheists because we're 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 like black and white. <laughs> we're like hardcore into the religion. There is no gray area. There is no like reform. There is no interpretation. It's like black and white. And then when we become atheists, it's the same thing. It's like, nah, uh, uh. Fuck you. <laughs> so I love Axelophy atheists. Like, I love this fire, this energy, this, like Ali said, you're so inspirational, even to, to somebody, you know, people like us that we're in this realm all the time. We're always talking to people like this. But, you know, hearing you and speaking from the heart like that. It's just, it's so motivational for yeah, us. Yeah, and I, and I hope everybody. you do a lot more um, public speaking. And the fact that you're actually thinking of going out and uh, speaking out in public, especially uh, where you are, um, I th I think that's a game changer. You know, I I, I think that's huge. And I, I'd like to, I think all of us would love to be part of that in any way we can. And and j just before, for this question, this idea that you have for that one day, everybody getting out and uh, whatever you start, you you have the full support of Atheist Republic's uh, social media and outlet. Like, just let me know and we will, we will promote the shit out of it whenever you need us for, for, for anything. Yeah, and, like and you're that. across yeah. the world, too. So that's a really great uh, connection yeah. to have. I think it will be more like the, the day that I told you about, about my group. It will be like set on a date that is long to go. Like in five years, at this date, we're gonna do this, and every five like, years. Yeah. No, no, five-year goal, ten-year goal. You know, like that kind of thing. Long yeah, like like uh, in, in, in this date at two thousand something, we're gonna do this, and every month we'll keep reminding people that remember this date. This is the coming out date, and uh, to to get all communities in in all the world 
to, to just wait for that date and then when that date comes everything will pops up and we'll be the the as the as i said the new gate mm -hmm. so new faisal gaze. his microphone isn't working very well but he has a question for you he wants to know if you're planning to be a video blogger or a writer he wants to know if you're going to be going public with your message or if you're just going to keep it to the atheist group in uh, Jordan. i i don't know about video blogging or anything i'm not that experienced with it uh writing i i still have a long way to go to, to write so uh oh you want to publish me all you have to do is turn on a camera and just talk yeah the way you did at Maryam namazi's conference was perfect was that was that rehearsed was that planned was that i mean that was your very first time i speaking? was actually too too scared so i wrote everything down and i intended to read to read from the paper but when i got to the mic i just couldn't look at the paper and i was shocked okay i can't look and i have to talk so let's do this <laughs> so if you see the video i'm not looking at any paper but i had everything written down i didn't read it well that's awesome so imagine, imagine how good it would be if you actually write something down and just turn on a video camera, like sit in front of your laptop like you are right now and just record yourself talking to the public. Like that alone, I think, will be, will be enough. It will be something to look for in the future, hopefully, yeah. Uh, can you tell us where people can find yeah, you on it's, Twitter? Uh, Al Twitter or Facebook? Alcadra69. Alcadra69. 69 you're filthy Alcadra. <laughs> yeah so that's that's what a l k h a d r a 69 yes perfect okay so yeah follow follow muhammad on twitter everybody i mean this is uh um he's really somebody to watch and you're also on facebook uh, yeah on, on facebook i'm i'm muhammad charlie Alcadra. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. I just want to point out that I'm new to Twitter. I just started it because everybody wanted me to, to do this after the conference. So I don't know much about the tweeting and all the other things. But you're okay with random strangers following you on Twitter and Facebook? Yeah, yeah it's okay. But, but I, I'm more used to Facebook other than Twitter. So I'm beginning to learn more and more about it by tweets. Okay. Anything, yeah. So again, folks, that was Muhammad Charlie. Yeah, and uh, one thing, uh, I guess uh, to close, I wanted to ask... Uh, just about um, your group, Jordanian Atheists. So I, I know um, I, I wanted to get an idea of, you know, the, just generally what I've seen just in terms of polling and my own anecdotal correspondence, but also specifically in terms of polling, is that the percentages coming out um, of uh, a lot of these uh, Arab countries and Muslim-majority countries show that there are millions of um, atheists, not just non-religious, yeah. but atheists and these are just the people who report to the polls you know and they're probably underrepresented yeah. so so what is your sense of uh, what's going on there there's a lot of tv programs in kuwait and saudi arabia talking about how there's a rise of atheism and you know there's um there are all these articles coming out uh and it, it's it seems to have really burgeoned in the last uh last five or six years um so do, do you have do you have a comment on that do you know any just based on your experience yeah there is a huge there is a huge number of atheists in jordan but they're not in the group there's a few problems that i would like to address there's uh, the left movement in the in jordan or the communist movement they have these atheists but they're they're not like like uh, open-minded or, or, or free people 
they just choose not to worship God and to worship people. They, they worship Bashar al-Assad, or they, they can worship the, the, the Soviet Union. And there are, there are also homophobes who are atheists as well. So the, all these people are not part of, of any community that I, I got. And even the community itself is, is full of scared people who don't want their names out or don't want their faces out. So that's, this is why I'm thinking about, okay, let's start a new movement, even if it's like 10 people, we start a council for ex-Muslims in Jordan, who are for only, for people who are only open, and let's keep the other group just a community, and just people who are, uh, like, going out with each other, just friends, and we'll have a more open one. But the numbers are much greater than any other group, and the numbers are greater outside the group uh, in the Arab world, there are also old folks who don't even use Facebook and they are long-time atheists, we just meet like, like the guy in the parliament I told you about and they like some old guys I met so the numbers are bigger than any Facebook group and they are growing more and more but there are some bad parts in them, like there are some youth who just denounce Islam out of being trendy and out of being, uh, yeah, yeah. There is a trendy movement in the Middle East. That's like, a, that's okay, that's, that's still like a symptom. Iran. That's an interesting that always kind of happens. I mean, even like you know what you're saying is communism is is the path through which a lot of people in many Muslim majority countries and Arab countries actually came to atheism, even back in the 60s and 70s. And it's it's weird because com communism is essentially is a religion. It's just a people-based yeah. religion. It's not. I mean, co communism is no different from anything. It's still authoritarian. It's still totalitarian. You know, it's a. It's a. I've I've never really seen a, a difference uh, between the two. But I I think you're absolutely right. I think that there is. Uh, they do come in different colors. And usually, you know, like when uh, even with the LGBT movement, you know, when it became more accepted, um, it it did become kind of trendy, uh, in a way. You know, and uh, whenever you have that. I, I think that's a good sign that that shows if you can make it like cool and trendy to be atheists uh, and even the, even the assholes are coming and, you know, sort of, uh, you know, talking about it. Uh, it's a symptom. It's not great. It's not it has its own problems, but it tells you at the very least that something is going on. Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's good to be clear headed. I'm, I'm glad you're aware of all those things, but yet still very clear on um, the rationality and the and the aspects of it that you value. Go ahead, Faisal. What? Just write it down. I oh, I heard he him when he was meowing. Hear, you, he said he said you could change your hairstyle or something. Yeah, like I don't that, know what he's right? saying. I think. Yeah, I I did I did just just today. I, I did shaved everything. Are you alt right KKK white supremacist now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are your choices. Yeah, yeah. So if you're gonna if you're gonna criticize Islam, that's then it. you have to that's be a where Nazi. You are now. <laughs> I I do my own hair. So, so every time I get upset, I just put on the, the white stuff and it's, and then get everything out. And the, yeah, yeah, I just want to say not everybody who thinks that way is, is a Nazi. Please learn to tell the difference between a Nazi and a race realist. Okay. Right. okay. You know about that, right? You know, there's a difference between, they're actually called race realists. They're not Nazis. You know what? Nazism is a social construct. So. Well, it is. It's also religion. <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. These are all religions. Nazism, Christianity, Islam, they're all, they're all religions. Um, I agree. Muhammad, 
Faisal is the is the leader of a group called Ideas Beyond Borders, and they have a lot of things that they do in America, Canada, across the world to support, you know, the secular liberal movement. So he's the Khalifa, right, of the of the global secular jihadists, or not jihadists, but global secular humanist associated movement. with the Muslim Brotherhood. So, of course. yeah. So he's he. No, part that's of his a joke. Role, part of what he does, <laughs> yes, please. That's a joke, guys. Um, but part of his one of the things that his movement does is support, which is so highly needed, secular liberals in the Muslim world. So over here, secular liberals tend to support the Islamists. We, they do support the Muslim Brotherhood in Libya, in Egypt, in Jordan, I'm sure, you know, all around. So Faisal is wanting to flip that around and actually liberals support liberals, regardless of the borders. So that's that's his question to you is, what can his organization do for you and the other secular liberals in Jordan or in the Arab world in general? Yeah, in the Muslim world in general. Oh, uh, sorry. One more thing. He also said that he's very willing to support you in this day of coming out that you brought up, which I think is going to be awesome. It's going to be huge, and I can't wait to do okay. it. If we can have the, the yeah. publicity of the coming out day, if we decide on that one day, yeah, we will need every single page and every single group, uh, like Armin, to as well, to to be publicizing this day, and we will need the the the, the Western support. Like in the States, there should be a rally. In London, there should be a rally to support us on the same date uh, to, to let people focus, uh, that, to read about more about what the, the guys do in the Middle East. So then uh, we need this, this publicizing, and uh, there might be some need for people to leave. I actually had... Uh, like one, maybe two cases, yeah, two cases who who, uh, who had to leave the country, and uh, that that needed a lot of support. So you're saying, as a result of this, there might be a need for some people to leave the country, and we you're you're asking for our support to make sure of that. Okay. There will be, and we'll need all the help we can get. And if I get my head chopped off one day, I'll I'll need <laughs> some help to get to leave, maybe. Anyway, uh, so I, I, I will keep in contact and we, I'll keep keep you guys informed and keep everybody informed if we need anything and regarding any specialty that you have. Mohammed, yeah, you were saying that Faisal is boring. Explain yourself. Faisal is the most interesting person on social media. Yeah, yeah, because I had him on Facebook and all he just posted was like Islam this and Islam that. Come on, you can like post random things on Facebook. And I was like, oh, oh my God, I'm going to see atheism on my face for days. Like I'm going to remove this guy. I don't even know him. I didn't know what he does. <laughs> oh, but then he ended up changing your mind. Yeah, so I removed him. He added me back and I just accepted. Vessel, <laughs> good work. There you go. See, that's da'wah. That's atheism da'wah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So don't preach too much. Just put something funny from time to time. Fessel was only trying to reform you, but he ended up making you an atheist. <laughs> I don't know. How does that work, Armin? 
Any theories? <laughs> oh no! Oh, no. we're opening that. They want to start the Iran Iraq war again. <laughs> no, I'm I'm not going to start that fight right now. I'm actually gonna I'm actually inviting Faisal on my I'm on the Atheist Republic YouTube channel to have the friendly discussion about his organization and also this debate between me and him. Uh, on, oh on yeah, cool. oh, that'll be fun to listen friendly. to. Uh, actually, when when I met Armin, and uh, I I don't know who told me that he he he's the founder of Atheist Republic, and I was like. Oh my god, this guy, this small guy, mm-hmm. this one, I, I imagined like a, 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 an older person, a taller, and he's like, oh, this little person, he's the one, okay. Tony <laughs> <laughs> did it. It is, it's a, it's a beast. Atheist the Republic is a beast. guy here. And yeah. Atheist Republic yeah. is in headlines all hey. over the world right now just because of... If you think I'm little, you should talk to my yeah. wife. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you know? You're, 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 he's pulling the trump you know now. Somebody... Look at my hands. Show us your hands, Armin. <laughs> somebody was telling me that, hey, Ar- Armin is too big to fit inside any old box. You know, like, it's uh, like, okay, I understand now. Oh there my god! Go. <laughs> it's only two inches from the ground. <laughs> anyway, on that note. Oh no, poor Faisal's trying to get in on this, and we can't even hear him. Oh no, Faisal can't get in on on the dick jokes. This is sad. So anyway, um, uh, Mohammed, we're we're gonna wrap this up now. Thank you for joining us. I mean, this was this was awesome. A great conversation, awesome. and Thank and you uh, I just again, I I mean it. I really, uh, I I'm really. I think this whole thing has just energized all of us this coming out day, and um, I, I'm just really looking forward to hearing more from you. And I want it to be like a pride parade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be. We're gonna need a flag. We're gonna need a flag. Mm-hmm. Atheist pride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, but we need a. We need. Mm-hmm. They they've got the rainbow. We need something. Yeah, we actually, me and Muhammad were discussing, we were thinking about like a handkerchief, maybe a certain distinct color so that people that if you get arrested, you could be like, what the, what's wrong? What's wrong with wearing like a, I don't know, like a orange. Um, yeah, I have a suggestion. So the women in Iran right now that are protesting against the forced hijab, they do a white hijab day. And then white is also like, um, what's the word you guys I've been drinking? Like when you, when you, no, Surrender, like fucking leave us alone. No, but for surrender being that could Why also come across him? as okay, we're surrendering. That's a problem. Yeah, okay. We need something. We're, we're yeah, gonna take we're a little time and brainstorm discussion. session. We'll talk about yeah. like a symbol. We were having a brainstorm session at, at the conference, and every color I suggested, people were like, No, that's communism. No, that's this. No, that's it's that. It's not a color, yeah. it's got to be something like a rainbow is, is a great symbol. So, we need a symbol, something, something that is natural, something that is, um. So, listeners, if you come up with any ideas, tweet us to the Secular Jihadists um, Twitter. Actually, maybe we should make it like a contest or something. Whoever wins, whoever comes up with the greatest, the best idea will win like a conversation with the Jihadists or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But we already give that away for free. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That's what she said. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds great. We, right. Muhammad, was there anything that we didn't touch on that you wanted to touch on? Anything we missed? Uh, I don't think so. We kind of covered a lot of things. If, if we have something in the future, I'm sure we'll have a chance to talk all again. Thank you so much for waking up so early, Muhammad. We really we appreciate it. We know that it's like 
Thank you, uh, for, thank you for having before, me. If, before the crack of Fej. They, yeah, yeah. they always told me it's it's a good podcast and 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 to have the chance here and uh, you you guys proved it. It's an awesome podcast. I oh, I really like it. Really like it. Come back anytime. Thank you, thank you. Stay safe. All right. Stay safe. Yes. Thank you. And you guys take stay care, safe. Mohammed. Haliba Shogalata. Bye. Bye. The Secular Jihadists have been made possible thanks to the gracious support of the Illuminati and the great state of Israel. That's what we have been told, but we haven't received our checks yet. In the meantime, we greatly appreciate the support of our current donors. Please consider supporting by sharing the podcast with your fellow heathens or by donating at patreon.com slash sjme.